Coming up on today's podcast. Is this really preparing us for the rapture? Or is it preparing us for a revival? Even my own thinking began to change as I started taking scriptures and seeing how they really work on God's timetable. Charisma Podcast Network presents Pastor Larry Huck as he reveals God's prophetic plan for Israel, the Jews and Christians, and shares the historic, biblical, and spiritual reasons for standing with Israel. Now, here's Larry Huck. If you remember when we started this a couple months ago, I guess, I did this because of what we were seeing in the news. The writings in the streets, we were seeing uh, the, the COVID uh, virus spreading around the world. The world was shutting down. We were seeing leaders, mayors, and governors of certain states encouraging rioting in the streets. Who would have ever thought we would see? Just think about this. You know, we think about the Lord coming and, and he comes in a twinkling of an eye. He comes as a thief in the night. And it's hard for us to get around that. But if you look back to January and February, and you see that all of a sudden, out of China, not a coincidence, the world changed. Look at us sitting around with masks on. As I was watching this, I thought about the birth pangs of the coming of the Messiah. In Hebrew, it's called Ikvot Mashiach, hearing the footsteps of the Messiah. And I really felt the Lord say, you need to make the church aware Because the reason for the birth pangs, the reason for these signs is to wake us up. Is this really preparing us for the rapture? Or is it preparing us for a revival? Even my own thinking began to change as I started taking scriptures and seeing how they really work on God's timetable. Let's read Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. Don't worry about it. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. See, a lot of times we think faith is nothing bad is happening. Faith is you're trusting in God that he's in control, all things that work together for the good of those who love God, but the end has not yet come. Amen? And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginnings, the birth pangs of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my sake, for my name's sake. And then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another. Then false prophets will rise up and deceive many. 
Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then will be preached to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who was on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Now let him who was in the field not go back and get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath. And then there will be great tribulation such as not been uh, since the beginning of the world until this time nor shall there ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders as to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Verse 26, Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he's in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Forever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, Verse 30, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from the one end of, the, of, of heaven to the other, the ones in heaven. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is close. We're closer to the coming of the Lord than we have ever been before. Israel becoming a nation, that's when you see the fig tree blossom. And we have one generation, one generation away from 1948 seeing the coming of the Messiah. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I do say you take those prophecies and you take what we're seeing happening in America right now, and we have to admit God is trying to wake us up. Something is going to change, I guarantee you. And God is showing us these things because he wants you and I to wake up Hear the blowing of the shofar, serve God with all of our heart, tell the world about the coming of the Messiah so that we're on the winning side. Amen? Let's look at the timeline on leading us to the seventh millennium. Of course, the Sabbath is the time of rest. The Sabbath is a window of heaven. The word millennium means a thousand years. So we are from the beginning of creation to the beginning of the Bible to this point right now. We are somewhere around possibly six years from the Sabbath millennium. We're coming into Christmas 
And one of the number one songs during Christmas is a song that we sing about the birth of Jesus called Joy to the World. It was written by um, Isaac Watts. And Isaac Watts was a pastor and a, and a songwriter uh, back in the six, late 16s, early 1700s. And he wrote hymns. And, and that's, he wrote hymns, if you know the, the story about Isaac Watts, he wrote hymns when hymns were considered sinful. That in the church, you weren't to sing hymns. You only sang psalms. He wrote a song that we all know. You may not know his name, but you know the song, Joy to the World. And we sing this every Christmas. And he wrote this out of Psalms 98. Listen to the words. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare his room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. White fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains. Reap the sounding joy. Reap the sounding joy. Reap, reap the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. For as, for as the curse is found, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders of his love. Is this out of Psalms 98 words about Jesus first coming or are they words about his second coming? He says joy to the world where nature is transformed? When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, was nature transformed? No. In the fields and the rocks and the hills and the plains, they sing. The curse is broken. No more sin. The thorns have relieved the fields. Sin and sorrow is gone forever. And he rules the world with grace and mercy and love. But it's not words about his first coming. It's words about his second coming, which happens right before the millennium. I mean, he's coming back. He's coming back with fire out of his mouth and a sword coming out. That's how this is going to end. Then we go from here into the Sabbath millennium. Now, this is called in Hebrew the, the, the age of the Messiah. This is what every Jew believes is about to happen. Israel's a nation now. We look at all the Arab nations that are coming in in, uh, in, in in agreement. Arab nations coming in agreement with Israel. Folks, the Bible says that we will rule and reign. Those of us who made the rapture, we will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Well, if we're all Christians there, who are and all believers in God, Jews and Christians, who are we ruling and reigning with? Those who survived, the world wasn't totally destroyed, we're ruling and reigning. Number two, there'll be great prosperity. This is where the Bible says the, the plowman will overtake the reaper. This is the time when almost all the prophecies concerning Israel come to pass. This is why it's so important that we're standing for the nation of Israel. 
You know, the Bible says that someday Israel will own the land that God gave them in the time of Abraham, in the time of David, right? That someday Israel, well, if you look at Israel right now, the biblical land is about 30 times bigger than that. Well, I don't see that happening. I don't see all of a sudden Jordan saying, you know what? God's right here. Take our land. And Syria going, we were wrong. I don't see that happening, but it will happen. That's why it's so important that we stand with the nation of Israel because it's a shadow of things that are going to happen for eternity, right? So it'll be a time of great joy and great prosperity and, and long life. Um, there will be, there'll be people born during this. Once this takes place, all the thorns are removed. All the plagues are removed. All the evils removed. All the false prophets and evil spirits are removed. We're not in heaven yet, but we are in the shadow of heaven. And it's just absolutely amazing. Now, once again, Satan is released. Satan will still have followers. People who still will not follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who still will not recognize Jesus as the Lord of Lords and the King of Heath. They just won't do it. And so this is when Satan and all evil is destroyed once and for all. It's over. And then we go into heaven. Maybe the rapture will take place by next Rosh Hashanah. It may be five years, maybe six years, maybe ten years, but it's coming in my generation. It's coming in my lifetime. Because when Israel became a nation, that's the big. He said, this is a, when Israel became a nation, this is a flag to the world. This is a waving banner saying, I told you it was going to happen. Everybody said, it can't happen. Well, it never happened. It's never happened in the, in the history of the entire world. When God says it's going to happen, it will happen. Not on our time, but on his time, it will happen. It may be a year, two years, three years, six years, ten years, but it's happening in my lifetime. Thank you for listening to today's podcast on Standing with Israel with Pastor Larry Huck. Learn more about Larry Huck Ministries, the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, and how to give a gift today to support and bless the Jewish people at lhmpodcast.org. That's lhmpodcast.org. Or call 1-800-204-6545. That's 1-800-204-6545. Your prayers and generous support are making a difference and helping us to repair a broken world. Join us next week for another Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck.